Imposter syndrome is when you liken yourself to being a fraud, fake or phony. You seem to behave inauthentically, worrying that you might be exposed with criticisms or accusation. You feel as though you have done something wrong, unethical or lacked integrity. That you either can be honest with yourself and others, or that is possibly induced by the situation or environment that you are in, and or your own projection of things. In this week's episode, let's understand imposter syndrome and ways you can go about it. Welcome to Hello Authenticity Podcast. Insights that boost your courage to be who you are and beyond. Imposter means a person who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others, especially for fraudulent or undeserving gain. Syndrome means a set of symptoms or conditions that occur together, suggesting the presence of a certain disease or an increased chance of developing the disease. It's also a characteristic combination of opinions, emotions, or behavior. Therefore, the term imposter syndrome put together suggests that the experience tends to be viewed as a pervasive mental illness or categorical personality disorder, which makes one seem like a patient. It certainly does not sound very encouraging. According to research by Collegian Jr. and Sternberg in 1991, the better and more accurate term that can help us understand such experience is called perceived fraudulence. As you can hear, the word perceived alone arguably distinguishes the understanding from the term imposter syndrome. It explains the individual's private sense of being an imposter or self-referential subjective experience of usually high achievers who, despite their many successes, fail to internalize these accomplishments. They also have persistent self-doubt, critical self-concept, or fear of being exposed as a fraud. Their investigation suggests that perceived fraudulence involves a complex interplay of inauthentic ideation, depressive tendencies, self-criticism, social anxiety, high self-monitoring skills, and strong pressures to excel and achieve. For example, imposter syndrome often shows up when you end up in an esteemed role or position that you are either not fully ready for or you struggle to justify your performance with your actual competence. On one hand, this can be a great opportunity, but on the other hand, it can quickly create stress and discomfort inside of you, thinking that you don't have what it takes. It does not match your inherent ability, where you simply attribute that to perhaps a mistake, an oversight, or a stroke of luck. It's a feeling of inadequacy that may cause burnout and also affect your well-being and career advancement. To understand how to cope, first let's drop the terms or labels imposter syndrome or perceived fraudulence for a moment. In fact, in the research studies, there have been many names given to it other than this too. For example, you have imposter phenomenon, imposter experience, fraud syndrome, etc., which make things more complicated than it needs to be. And it creates confusion trying to debate on what term to adopt. That in the end, it lacks practical sense of it. Imagine a pot of sauce on which its label is now stripped off. Okay, then it can no longer be identified with its ingredients even though the content is still very much the same. To give it a label, although providing clarifications, at the same time, it is also restrictive. 
and judgmental because once you label something, you bring some kind of identity to it and you start associating with it in its totality, which means that you either have it or you don't. There's no middle ground and it reduces the fluidity of perception. Like how you can ideally smell or taste the ingredients in the sauce instead of assuming they are all in there based on what is printed on its label. Notice how the term imposter syndrome fixates your attention to the meaning you give to the word's formation. And once you drop the label, you realize what is left is really just an emotion or a feeling evoked in you as it happens and suddenly it becomes more recognizable. Instead of getting too caught up by the imposter syndrome term, you can start to be present with how you actually feel in that particular moment. This feeling often could be fear, overwhelm, stress, anxiety, or even disappointment. Due to the self-critical thoughts, people who have imposter syndrome, they become anxious about others scrutinizing and evaluating their work, which then creates stress through the strong pressure to achieve and excel. Their high self-sabotage also contributes to the fear that people are concerned with and will ultimately discover the flaws they perceive in themselves. They tend to monitor themselves closely and the impressions they make on others to reduce possibilities of exposure and minimize the anxiety they have. This in turn exacerbates their fraudulent self-perceptions that protects them and continues to inflate others' view on their performance. Despite their inability to internalize successes, they may set high standards for achievement through the received attention, leading to the continued fear of failure or success. The most important thing when it comes to handling emotions effectively is again not to judge it as either good or bad. They are mere emotions or feelings different from the likes of joy, love or surprise which are mostly fleeting or impermanent. Your role here is to allow yourself to recognize the sensations. You sit with them, you experience them without expectations while continuing with what you're supposed to do. Be it being part of a panel discussion, giving a speech, learning or teaching a new skill. According to Harvard brain scientist, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, 90 seconds is all it takes to identify an emotion and allow it to dissipate while you simply notice it. When you react to something external, there's 90 second chemical process that happens in the body, after which any remaining emotional response is just a personal choice to stay in that emotional loop. Unlike your thoughts, feelings tend to linger around and get entangled with the physical body. And in this case, when they stay longer than necessary, you may want to take it as a sign that there is something that you still need to learn from it. Or perhaps the previous process or your emotional cycle was incomplete. So here's what I would offer in forms of questions that you can ask yourself. Why are you feeling like an imposter or fraud and in what typical context does it show up? Most people go straight into trying to understand how before they take a moment to ask why and find out what may be the root causes. The tendency and opportunity to look out for deeper understanding open up for you when you do that. And when you continue to ask yourself, am I really an imposter? Am I hiding anything? 
And if your answer is not even a firm no, that actually beckons you to be honest with yourself. If you think, for instance, I'm not sure if I deserve this or do I even belong here. And that's usually a self-esteem problem or low self-worth. And if you say, I don't know if I can do this, that's likely a lack of skill or your lack of self-confidence. And if you say, I'm concerned if I can really keep this up, this is leaning towards your fear of either failure or success. This usually gets triggered in two ways. One is self-inflicted due to your acquired thought patterns and belief system that never were validated properly and they become the place where you inhabit emotionally. Another way is actually be driven by external pressure or expectations of others toward you such that people in your environment think that you're good in what you do. They are impressed by you. Yet you, due to the perfectionistic qualities that prone to setting the bar so high for yourself to attain, you are unable to appreciate and trust your own capabilities, performance, or your talents. Your focus is geared toward trying to be greater and better each time and keep up with others' expectations of you. But you continue to beat yourself up as such from the outside, everything is going so well, but inside it is a living hell. And you wonder why imposter syndrome may lead to depression, burnout, and anxiety. Once you ask these questions, then the how becomes clear and relatively easier to solve. With perfectionism and critical self in consideration, whatever endeavor that brings out the imposter syndrome in you is likely because you are dealing with something new and therefore are still unfamiliar with, that you already start comparing yourself with others who have been doing it for years and hence are ahead of you. Let's not forget that however you view others being more successful than you, don't overlook the amount of effort poured into honing their crafts behind the scenes, which is exactly what you need to do. Instead of thinking that you are behind or not good enough, you might as well focus and invest your energy wisely into improving yourself in it. It is important that you must bring yourself back to who you are and recognize that you are right where you need to be. Perfection is an illusion and it is highly subjective. What seems perfect to you might not be perceived as such by some. You might end up chasing the mirage and exhausting yourself while still not attaining your goal. This leads to my point that you are your only competition and keep tracking if you are making progress. Put simply, imposter syndrome has to do with the lack of experience in something. You either can choose to own up to it and cut yourself some slack, or you decide to go full throttle to meet people's expectations of you at a different level of competence. Know where you stand in your progress. Understand how far you can go without biting off more than you can chew. This is actually the kind of self-confidence that lacks clarity, which is a facade of people who appear confident but suffer tremendous lack of self-esteem deep inside them that gives rise to imposter syndrome they have. And when you lack clarity of the threshold of expertise you have, you may be pushing yourself too hard, trying to meet expectations blindly and then feel inadequate in the process of doing that. Imposter syndrome then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Being authentic is scary to many and it requires vulnerability to reveal the parts of us to the world that we rather keep sacred or secret to ourselves. 
It does not have to be any jaw-dropping shares, but it can be as simple as honestly making known to others your current level of knowledge, expertise, or skills to perform a role or deliver a task from the get-go. Go check out my last podcast episode where I talk about what it means to be your authentic self. You may realize that people might turn out to appreciate more of your genuinity and you as a person. Why? Because you just gave the same gift to relax into themselves, embracing both their strengths and weaknesses. And last but not least, don't be afraid to practice saying, I don't know in some cases. It is very humbling to admit that you don't know something and show intention to find out more. In the meantime, keep your focus on building the skills and competence you need to close the gaps on areas that you currently are not comfortable with. So let's do a quick recap on the main propositions here. Recognize that imposter syndrome is essentially the feelings you have and sensations they bring into your physical body. So you feel them, tune into your emotions, and if you want, dig deeper into the thought patterns and belief system associated with such emotions in you. Even better, go seek professional help and avoid thinking that it is weak to ask for help. Secondly, stop comparing yourself to others. You are your only competition and your job is to develop and improve yourself every day. Consider other rivals as your inspiration and not comparison. Remember, only progress is true happiness. Thirdly, acknowledge your current threshold level of knowledge, skills, expertise, and experience. And meanwhile, continue to do the work to build up the competence you need to close the gap. Last but not least, Just be authentic, be you. Be willing to learn and admit I don't know when context applies. Accept that you are right where you need to be and when you are brave enough to see that, imposter syndrome will slowly be a bygone. I hope this week's episode has helped you in some ways to understand better what imposter syndrome really is and how you can reframe it differently when it arises because it is simply a malleable state of mind. To know more about my work, go check out my website at www.iridescentzeal.com. That's I-R-I-D-E-S-C-E-N-T-Z-E-A-L.com. Or write to me your feedback at info at Thank you so much for tuning in this week. And I'll catch you again next week with a new episode released on Friday. Until then, take care.